This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. It covers a wide variety of guests and topics. If you have any comments or suggestions for the program, please contact Bridget. That's B-R-I-G-I-D, Bridget, at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317-870-8400. And now, here's today's edition of Faith in Action. Hello, this is Gordon Smith, and this program is Faith in Action. I'm here with Bridget Ayer, our co-host, and I am here today at the station of Catholic Radio Indy, and we're going to interview Bernie Roy today. Uh, But before we do, I just want to say a few words. Bernie Roy is going to have a lot to say to Bridget and myself about healing for abortion. But in this time when our country is going through all this, we just really need to double down, uh, I think, Bridget, don't we? Absolutely. In our prayers, in our uh, activities, we need to pay attention to what's going on at the state legislature and nationally. But we also need to know that there are people right out there uh, that we encounter every single day even in the pews of our churches that have been affected by abortion. We need to pray for them and care for them. Absolutely. And today we are going to be talking about a a post-abortion healing ministry and actually a retreat called Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. And joining us is Bernie Roy. She is a volunteer with the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and the Pro-Life Ministry and is working, I guess, in the vineyard, in Rachel's Vineyard, to help um, women recover and heal from a past abortion. Bernie, thank you so much for being our guest on Faith in Action. Welcome. Thank you. All right. I want to talk to you. Bernie, tell us what is the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat? What is that? Well, the retreat itself is for healing. It's a continuation or uh, a beginning of the journey for healing. It's a weekend, starts with a Friday, ends with a Sunday in a memorial service. It's for women, men, grandparents, siblings, anybody that is affected or wounded by the sin of abortion. And since you mentioned that, you know, this is a retreat, we do have one that's coming up, and I want to get that in at the top of the show. It's actually happening July 29th through 31st here in the Indianapolis area. If someone listening wanted to find out more about that, how do they get more information on that? I mean, is it is it public information as to where the location is, or is it more of a call um, and find out in terms of confidentiality? It's a call to find out and totally confidential. Uh, you can call the number 317 452 0054, or you can email projectrachel at archindy.org. And I want to emphasize the confidentiality because, I mean, obviously this is something that, you know, people are wounded. Maybe they didn't tell any of their family members. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they're married now. They, their spouse doesn't even know. I mean, there's lots of different layers to this in terms of wanting to feel safe and in the process of receiving healing. Um, why is the book, why is it called Rachel's Vineyard? What, what's the significance between, between of the name Rachel? Who, who was Rachel? Yeah. Who was Rachel? Who's Rachel? Rachel was Jacob's wife. She's referred to in Jeremiah chapter 31 
15 and 16. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard on high of lamentation, of mourning and weeping, of Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted for them because they are not. 16 goes on to say, Thus says the Lord, let thy voice cease from weeping and thy tears. For there is a reward for thy work, says the Lord, and they shall return out of the land of the enemy. That whole thing connects to the retreat. So, Bernie, what, what, how did you happen to get involved in this ministry, the call to, to be helping women recover or heal from a past abortion? Well, I'm post-abortive, and uh, I got involved with, after I started my own healing journey. At the time, the Archdiocese had a 10-week program called Rachel's Companion, and you had to commit to 10 weeks. That was tough. So the women, uh, one woman particularly, Pat Carr, she did some research and found a healing program by Teresa Burke, Dr. Teresa Burke, which offered a unique sensory-based treatment, which also brought in emotional, psychological, and spiritual dimensions. And we did the research, and the Archdiocese approved it, and we use that as the main program for Project Rachel here in the Archdiocese. If you're joining us right now, we're talking with Bernie Roy. She is a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat uh, pro-life ministry volunteer for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And the retreat is coming up July 29th through 31st here in the Indianapolis area. Talk a little bit about what happens on a post-abortion healing retreat. It's a commitment. Number one, and it's a, a, a very, it takes courage. Once you make the call, mm-hmm. then you get registered. Then you speak to a therapist, which makes sure that it's good for you, not just register and you go through. Mm-hmm. It has to be good for you. Then we send you information. Begins with a Friday evening, goes on to Saturday, all day Saturday and then half-day Sunday. It involves not only spiritual healing, healing, but emotional healing. And also, you get to speak. You get to talk about where you were when you had the abortion and where you are now and why you're seeking healing. What's missing? Now, if someone is uncomfortable with sharing, do they have to share, or can they just come and and listen and be silent. Maybe they're not in a place where they're ready to share about that with other people. They don't have to share what they don't feel comfortable with. Everything there is confidential. The moment we meet Friday evening, that's the very first thing we talk about, confidentiality, trust. But they trust me when they call Yeah. because I'm the, I'm the one that does the registry. I'm the one that answers the phone, and I thank them immediately for the courage and the trust they have in me. And from then on, they talk the way they want to. They say what they need to, what God brings forth for them to talk about. Bernie, you mentioned that you're post-abortive yourself. When these retreats go on, are there other 
men or women that are in charge or that guide the the retreat that have also been through this, or um, yeah. how how does yeah. that all work? Well, the team is made up of people that are post-abortive and people that are not. On this team and on every retreat, there's a priest and a therapist. Now, then there, the team is what we make up. We facilitators. We do the reading. We do the greeting. We care for everybody. We uh, direct, walk, talk, eat at the same table with them. Share. We share. If they need an example or if they want to ask us questions, we're open to it. We're open to tell them about us, but we do not give testimonies there. We just share one-on-one if asked. I I would imagine that some of this is a big relief uh, or can be a big relief for some of the ladies and other family members that go through this, but also is it even possible, um, except through God's grace, to to ever totally get past this? My opinion, it's a lifetime challenge. Once we receive the sacrament of reconciliation, we know God's forgiveness. Or we might go back ten times and confess the same sin until we get it in our head that no sin is greater than God and that he's, with his love and mercy, he's forgiven us, then the hardest thing is to forgive yourself. That takes a lifetime, and I'm not going to lie about that. I'm still working on that. I'm curious, uh, Bernie, for for people listening, how do you normally... um, get people to attend, or how do people normally find out about this? You know, they might be hearing it on the radio right now as they're listening. Um, Is it possible for people to, like maybe a person's listening today and maybe they're not post-abortive, but they know somebody that is, is it okay or appropriate for them to say, invite, hey, you know, I know that you experienced this. Have you ever considered attending a retreat for healing? You know, how, how do the people come in, and what are your thoughts about that? Well, uh, majority church bulletins, mm-hmm. uh, the archdiocese, the Catholic radio, that's that's the majority. Mm-hmm. But then I get calls from those friends. Hey, I've got a friend, and can you tell me about it? Because that friend is scared. And it, like I said at the beginning, it takes courage, and they're frightened. Is it confidential? I don't ask names. I might ask first names just to, so I can carry on the conversation. No, I don't ask full names. I don't even ask for phone numbers until they're willing and ready to give it. But a lot of times, you're right, Bridget. It is a friend that tells another friend or a counselor or a therapist or a priest or a pastor. This isn't just Catholic. We cater to all when it comes to the retreat. We offer Catholic sacraments, and a priest is there, but it is for all. You know, we can't always know what is going to be a triggering event or what one little thing that you might hear on the radio or that you say or that you mention to someone or maybe they hear something on the TV, and, and maybe that is just going to be the thing that pushes uh, someone 
to seek counseling, to seek healing, and, and that's something we always have to be cognizant of. Uh, we're, we are on duty to make sure that the people that have been injured by this horrible crime can seek the healing that they need. We need to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about Rachel's Vineyard Retreat uh, coming up here in the Indianapolis area, July 29th through the 31st. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. When a business is looking to expand, they say it's all about location, location, location. But what about when the church needs to expand, to stretch out and reach those fallen away, estranged from the faith, or those who simply have never heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Then it's all about vocation, vocation, vocation. We need more people dedicated to the mission of serving the church, more priests, more deacons, more men and women of vowed service, and more lay workers willing to go into the fields. The harvest is rich, but the workers are few. Is God calling you to service? Pray on it, and while you're there, pray for more vocations. A simple request from your friends at Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Eyre. Gordon Smith and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guest, Bernie Roy. She's talking about the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat, which is a post-abortive healing retreat for women, men, and and you don't even have to be Catholic to attend, which is also um, anyone that's been hurt by this um, experience in their life. We want to offer healing through this retreat. And off at the break, we were talking just briefly about how do you know when you're ready to attend a retreat like this? And or is there a lot of, I guess, denial that maybe I even need healing? You know, I guess those are two different questions. Yeah. Well, denial is a strong survival trait. Mm-hmm. I know all about that. <laughs> but there comes a time when the longing, a dream, even a song or a phrase or an event, something triggers it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the fear of the memories of the past come up. Sure, some women will tell you they believe they did the right thing, you know, for the baby as well as themselves. That the world is not a place for the baby right now. I just want to say that it's not their choice to say who should be born and who should not. No one stopped their lives. Isn't it funny that humans say that it's all right? Okay, which humans are to be born and which humans are not allowed to be born? To face the truth, one has to be ready to act upon it. And so denial is a good way to sidestep the truth and the work to repair what's missing. And there is a hole, there's a just an emptiness inside. You try to fill it with drugs, alcohol, buying things bad relationships in and out, workaholics, foodaholics, all this is triggers, you know, that show that you're feeling something, an empty space. You know, the heart and the mind and the soul 
are torn apart when you do something that you really, basically, consciously do not agree with. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And how long does it take for somebody to realize it? All I can say, Bridget, it's in God's time. And you have to be willing to to answer God's call. How do you how do you know when you're ready? I mean, okay, let's say you're past the denial and you realize that there this is a problem. It's it's causing a problem in my life. I I want to get past it. I don't know how to get past it. How do you know when you're ready to take this next step to attend a retreat or at least make that first call? I I like the idea that you're offering basically pre-counseling to kind of see if you're ready. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say counseling. I'm, I'm, I'm a wounded uh, victim myself, but I can be real with them. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Um, in my case, I'll tell you, I was at a, a dinner with a bunch of, well, five parishioners. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, one of the younger ones started crying, and she told us all she had just had an abortion. I hadn't told anybody. It had been 16, 18 years. I found myself reaching across the table, touched her hand, and said, I understand. I had one, too. It comes on, and then you know, oh, my gosh, now these ladies at my church know. I, I, what am I going to do now? You know, what am I going to do? And it kind of a panic, but at the same time, a relief. It's out. So then you start, you call, you look online, whatever, you call your pastor, you call your priest, you call your spiritual director, you call your best friend, you, you, anything and everything. And that's where the friends come in, too, as you mentioned earlier. It's then you know, in God's time. He did it for me. He'll do it for anybody that's willing. Did you find... Um the experience that you went through in terms of the healing process and maybe reaching out to your Catholic community, did you find love or did you find judgment? Because I think people are very concerned that they're going to be judged, they're going to be shunned, they're going to be rejected if they even say that, you know, they have this hidden hurt in their past. Um, because, you know, they're church going and when we know maybe one in three women in, in the pews have had an abortion. Let's just, if we go strictly by the numbers that are out there, we don't know if, if that translates to Catholics, but you get what I'm saying? I mean, just by the numbers. That's a great question. It's, way, it's safe to assume that we have that many in the pews that, that are post-abortive. How do we approach them? Are we loving? Was your experience loving? That's a great question. Again, I'll, I'll speak on personal terms. I was helping with a festival in my parish, and uh, the topic came up, and a man said, how dare they? They're murderers, you know, and just went on and on and on. And uh, then everybody left the tent except him and I. And I walked over to him and said, I'm one of those. And he looked at me, and we had done work together, And he started crying. I said, when you think about that, when you talk about it, do it with a kinder heart. Be gentle with your words. 
I said, because somebody might hear him and they don't go to confession or they won't seek healing because they don't want to let you down or you to look at them in a way that is horrible and vicious. Changed him. <laughs> and that's the whole point is love both. Love both. And that's including the aborted lady and the aborted man that have been involved in it. Love them all. You know, Bernie, that is what you're saying is, I understand there's no man out there that's been through an actual physical abortion, but in large part, men are at least half responsible for the the situation that they put women in. And oftentimes they can just walk away with no price to pay, so to speak. And they, you know, I think they get off scot-free and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Men need to man up and be responsible and treat women with dignity and respect and not put them in these awful positions that leave an emotional toll for the rest of their lives. So, men, I challenge you, if we have men listening right now, I want to tell you that there are ladies out there that suffer from this, and there are men that suffer uh, because they did put a girlfriend or a wife or uh, some relationship in a horrible position. It's interesting, Gordon, that you bring up the men, and we only have about five minutes left, but I want to bring in, uh, Bernie, a, a question about the men. I mean, you said this retreat is for, you know, post-abortion any person, you know, and obviously Gordon mentioned that the men are at least halfly, partially 50% responsible for the situation to begin with. Um, but then there are some men that maybe did not want their girlfriend, wife, whoever to have an abortion, and they are suffering in, in that way as well. What about people who maybe were not the actual person that was involved in the abortion, um, the woman that was post-abortive, but they are the, the grandmother, the aunt, the uh, man, the grandfather. How, how are they? Do, do they attend these retreats? Yes. Couples retreat. You know, they attend the retreat. A woman could have had a, an abortion in her college years and later on got married to this man. Mm-hmm. And the man can come with them as support. They see everything that this woman goes through. And then they spiritually adopt that child. Very, very, very emotional. At the memorial service, that husband, that grandmother, stands next to the retreatant and is full support. At the memorial service, the retreatants can invite anybody that they want to come. It is spiritual, it is emotional, it is everything that we were denied. We name the child, we recognize the child as a human being, we hand the child over to God knowing that he will care for him until we see them. It is the, as you say, piece of resistance, you know, I mean, just, it's the ultimate thing that we denied ourselves, that society denied it. And it's beautiful. It is at the end when you see the miracles happen. I'm sure you've been involved with this retreat for a while, and, and you've talked about your own journey. What kind of relief or peace of soul um, or healing do, do you, have you seen 
um, people and women experience by attending something like this? Well, I got to say the physical uh, presence of the people coming in Friday, heads down, tears, fearful, frightened. Saturday, you see them uh, work. They're working to go through this, to start this journey, to find a way to cope with it. You know, and, and the fact that everybody there at that retreat accepts them with all their mess, <laughs> with all their wounds, that just love and accept. So now comes Sunday, and as I said, we celebrate. We celebrate their love for their children, the naming of their children. We celebrate the children. We celebrate the fact that God has those children with him until we see them. It's, it does bring on emotions to those of us that have already gone through a retreat or facilitated. It's kind of a sweet pain is what we call it. Sweet because I can feel through the exercises and the scriptures the presence of my daughter, Catherine, Katie. And I'm connected with her all over again. Pain, I hear the stories. Some of them are partly like mine. And the what if, you know, what if I didn't do it? But you can't live with what ifs. You've got to keep going forward, and that's what the retreat does. It helps you take those steps forward so you can mend your heart, your mind, and your soul. And you're connected with all of us for the rest of your life, as long as you want it. You know, confidentiality, yes, but if they need help, we're there. Uh, that's a beautiful story. Um, the retreat is coming right up. It's July 29th through the 30th. Um, is there a cost? We're just about out of time. Cost shouldn't stop you. They give what they can, and uh, we have sponsors that are anonymous, and they give from their heart, okay? Want to close in prayer, Gordon? Yes, I do. This prayer for Bernie and for Katie. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, be my guide. Wherever you lead us, we will go. Wherever you forbid us, we will renounce. And whatever you command us, in your strength we will do. Lead us then to the fullness of your truth. Amen. 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 And you can get more information by calling 317-452-0054. Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. God bless you. And give us the website again. Project Rachel at Art. Indy.org. You've been listening to Faith in Action, a production of Catholic Radio Indy. For Bridget Eyre, I am Gordon Smith. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. This program and all Faith in Action programs can be heard or downloaded as podcasts from catholicradioindy.org. If you have a comment or suggestion for guests or topics for the program, please contact Bridget. That's B-R-I-G-I-D, Bridget at catholicradioindy.org, or call us at 317-870-8400. This program has been pre-recorded.